Hello and welcome to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball. Uh, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes or anywhere else you like to find podcasts. Um, so hello Sam. Hello. Hello. So we, um, we're just at the start of the second round now of the NBA playoffs. Um, so we're sort of going to do a preview, even though it's sort of already started, but... Um, yeah, I mean the one game that hasn't started yet is the the Clippers Jazz. This one series hasn't started, so I guess we should start with that. And in our defence on that, previewing them was quite difficult because there was overlap that the the, the first yeah. round hadn't actually completely finished by the time some of the others got well, underway. Because of the Clippers Mavericks, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which I've and I mean some of the other series were not yeah. as interesting as I predicted in our last podcast. So it's quite a. Um, shows how like the, the really fine margins isn't it quite a change in narrative um all of a sudden around the clippers yeah and actually what they achieved was kind of incredible like it, it went from this yeah. bottling it again stuff um which their performance in those first two games deserved that narrative i don't think that was unfair like there was genuinely just a lack of effort defensively at times um yeah did they go really but, far behind in the third game as well? I think so. But they, I mean, coming back from 2-0 down and then from 3-2 down is really, really impressive. And even more so when there's all this Ghosts of the Bubble stuff as well. There's yeah. really quite an achievement. Um, I mean, I don't really want to get into the Dallas because the part, what makes it less impressive is it, they shouldn't have got to that point anyway. Like as awesome as Doncic is, they're a massive, yeah. massive. The Mavericks advantage. massively flawed, really, aren't they? I mean, the the whole of this year, it's just like it's just been Doncic. I mean, last year it seemed like they had a little bit more balance in the team, but it's, it feels like they've not really got, not really got anyone else they can rely on that much. Yeah, I mean, Tim Hardaway has done some good stuff, but he like part of the early lead was so like the shot quality stuff basically said the Clippers should have won the first two games and like Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. and others but particularly him just shot out of their skin for two games and it's like well this could happen I thought the series was basically over then because it was like they just need to do that in one more game in one of their home games and then they've done it they'll be three one up um but also there's the Porzingis, there's the Porzingis thing which I guess we'll come on to and I suspect there's gonna be a lot of yeah. Porzingis I guess season. I guess maybe yeah we'll come on to the Mavericks and other teams that have been knocked out maybe in off-season um, podcast as well yes definitely because they are um, I mean they've got like a top five player haven't they and we've seen a lot of teams like the Pelicans with Davis in this sort of situation and um, yeah the Bucks with Giannis at points where it's like it, yeah. it gets the window is not that long and particularly not when there's like they could ask for a trade hovering around. So I think there's going to be a lot of focus on Dallas. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, On uh, looking forward to this uh, Clippers Jazz series. I mean, the Clippers seem like big favourites now all of a sudden. Um, but I mean, I think they, they're almost, I think for a lot of people, they're favourites to come out of the West now. I think they, although, I think that would be my pick right now. Yeah. Yeah, although I, I know I'm liking, I'm liking look at the Suns, to be honest. We'll, we'll come back onto that as well in a, in a bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The Jazz Clippers series, 
um, I know it's one of those things the Jazz just very much all year seemed much more of a regular season team than a playoff team and yes I, I think it's going to be interesting because the Clippers basically fought back in that series by going small like just yeah. not playing centres at all um, and partly because they had 127 defensive rating when Zubac was on the floor like Doncic just destroyed him and they don't have Doncic on the Jazz but Mitchell will go at him as well if they have Zubac on the floor and they end up switching him like they were in the last series and it was very very ugly um, but also playing Batum slash Marcus Morris however you want to look at it as their big guy against Gobert seems bad like they're just going to get out rebounded a lot I think and yeah. Gobert's so good we've seen it against other teams and they've gone small even though he's not going to like bludgeon them like Jokic or Embiid would when they get a smaller guy he just does that role and then he's just so big and his arms are so long that they just throw the ball up somewhere near the rim and he puts it in yeah or he can miss it and just get the rebound like infinitely so yeah so I, I think yeah they've not yeah this maybe that's going to be the key really is or go bad off offensively almost yeah. to the jazz if the jazz are going to win it um because i don't know i mean zubac is all right isn't he but they've not really got a they've not really got a great center have they they've not got great options there anyway and abaka seems to be out i think yeah seems like he's hurt or whatever it is this is it back issue i think but he barely played in the first round so i can't really see how he comes back for this yeah so like like you say maybe it's a thing of um they've have zoo back on to uh defend go bear um or they don't uh, and then they struggle against Gobert. But if they have Zubac on, so I was going to say is then basically they have to get Mitchell switching on him switching on to Mitchell, don't they? They have to try and get that switch. And it's probably like how they that might be one of the things that there's adjustments, you know, between games and how how the Jazz can adjust to uh, the Clippers changing their lineup in that way. I guess it'll be interesting to see what Tyloo does with that though, because. Rick Carlisle just went as big as possible. Like, literally, I think, aren't they, like, other than Taco Fall, aren't Boban and Kristaps Porzingis, like, the two biggest players in the league? And yeah. he just put those two on the court. And it, there were times, like, well, this, these guys are just way too big. They were just putting the ball in. But then also the Clippers, when they're pinging it around the perimeter, and they had five guys who are actual shooters as well. Like, sometimes I think, and I'm guilty of it too, we use shooter, and you're talking about someone who can shoot. But like when they were going like Batum, Kawhi, PG, Marcus Morris sort of thing, and then have Reggie Jack, they would have like five above average perimeter shooters. I mean, they might just try and do that with Gobert. And like Gobert is not as bad on the perimeter as like I think it's sometimes made out to be. But that's a problem. Like that does nullify him to a degree. And also their their great defense nullifies that because really it's all about protecting the rim. Yeah, so we're not going to go to the rim then. Okay, I mean, I guess. And in that case, I mean, the Jazz have just broken loads of three-point shooting records as well. It might just be like a million threes, and that's all that anyone does. 
Yeah. If, if it does turn out that way, then I don't know, mate. I feel like. I don't know, maybe the Jazz have more of a chance. Yeah, because that also. That takes away a little bit of the Kawhi superhero stuff because he. He had an yeah. incredible series. An incre Even in the games they lost early on, he was pretty awesome. And it was just like no one else could hit a shot. Um, but he was phenomenal in that series. Like really just getting into that, I'm just going to move into wherever I want. And he just pulls up and they just go in every single time. <laughs> um, oh, and he was trying to defend Domchich as well, wasn't he? Yeah, eventually. And that's where it basically got more difficult for Doncic. Um, that's the other question, I suppose, if... Because Paul George actually had a pretty nice series as well, like, throughout. Um, is the Jazz basically run, like, at least two guards on the floor most of the time, and then they have Royce O'Neal, who's actually not very big. He's, like, six foot four or something. Um I wonder if, like, particularly Kawhi might just be a bit big for them as well. Yeah. I don't know what they get. Like, they don't have, they don't have an Aaron Gordon sort of build guy to throw at him. Like, he's gonna, he's gonna just be too good for Bogdanovich to try and defend him. And I, I mean, Royce O'Neal is just gonna get battered, I think, by the sheer size. Yeah, but then I guess if you have. If Gobert's by the basket, I guess that's why how they get away with that is that it doesn't matter so much if about size because you can't go to the basket anyway. So much. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but even even if it just gives him, right? He looks so so good in that last series. That's the thing. Is like, I feel like you need someone who can stay in front of him, and he's not. Because he would just be able to post those guys up as well. Like, yeah, I I feel like this is a series where he could really, really dominate. Yeah, it's the it's the well, it's the go bear factor, really, isn't it? How much he can influence the game on both ends is going to be the big thing. Although Donovan Mitchell is obviously they're like usually their best scorer. It's like he's. It's going to be about how we can use Gobert, really. And, yeah, what will also be interesting with Mitchell is they have guys, like two of the best guys, I think, to throw at him, particularly, like, they have Paul George on him. He's a lot bigger than him. Yeah. And as explosive as Mitchell is, like, isn't he, like, six, I think he's six foot one? Like, Paul George yeah. is like, shooting over someone that much larger than you is just go that's going to be hard and I don't think he's going to be able to just get past them yeah I think that's like, the thing isn't it where it really is I mean the big strength of their team is what they've obviously getting Kawhi and uh, Paul George and then their players they put around them is they're all about the versatility just wings just everybody's a wing and so long as a just result like, yeah just just size, but also not like centers. Like they don't really use centers that much. Like they're good. At, they can keep up with anyone, and are also going to be bigger than them. Because that's and that's the thing is we've seen Mitchell. Like I don't think there's any question of how 
dangerous as a scorer Mitchell is, but we saw him do it against like the Nuggets last year, and that was awesome. But this is kind of the next test, isn't it? Is can you be this undersized two guard and still like lead the offense and dominate against sort of two of the best wing defenders of this generation who are quite considerably bigger than him um i mean if he does if he does manage to average 25 plus and they win this series that is a massive thing in his young career i think yeah be the highlight probably so far um yeah and it, i mean it also elevates him when we're talking about these the young players he doesn't get thrown in with when there's tatum Doncic, etc um but if he gets them to the conference finals and past Kawhi and Paul George, um, he'll be edging yeah. towards that group at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, should we move on to one of the other games? Yes. Now, uh, we got we got the Sixers, Sixers Hawks. Um, yes. Is I mean, Embiid managed to play and score a lot of points. Despite having a torn knee or whatever it is, I was amazed by that. I was absolutely yeah. amazed by it. Maybe it's a. So, I was listening to something the other day and saying about a lot of that. If it's a minor tear, which it is, and it depends where the tear is on the menis- on the meniscus, um, as in like how much that impacts the mobility and stuff. But a lot of it's managing the pain and the swelling. But still, I just thought it was incredible how mobile he looked. Defensively, he couldn't unsurprisingly he wasn't as agile with lateral movement and stuff but like when he was giving moves to people in the post you did yeah. not think this guy had a tear in his knee like, it was incredible yeah there's also a thing though isn't it? I mean well the fact he managed to do that and they still lost the game it's not ideal and, but also it's like if he's that's not saying that's going to net like heal not yeah, by playing on it, no. <laughs> by playing on it. And if he's got that already this early in the playoffs, it really puts a lot of doubt on their chances of winning the title, doesn't it, now? Yeah, I mean, I he, yeah, it, it's the most optimistic way to look at it is, oh my God, he looked amazing. But I think you're right. I mean, it's probably, he looked that amazing once. If he does that for the rest of this series, then it's like, oh, okay, maybe he can just play through this and they'll do the surgery and worry about everything else later. Um, but it does... It was a weird game, that. It was a really, really weird game in general. Um, I mean, putting Danny Green on Trey Young was a choice and one that lasted too long. Um, and then obviously, like, the Hawks trying to blow it, it seemed like, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, they they got off to a ridiculous start, didn't they? I think they had like double the amount of points. I think it was like something like, but well, the, the Hawks had like fifty odd, and the seventy uh, six had like twenty seven or something. In the start of the second quarter, and um, yeah, that that was basically at that point expected. It was like yeah, the Hawks have won that game. I mean, we were saying that they should take and beat out at that point. Yeah. I mean, maybe they should have, given the fact they didn't actually win the game in the end. Um, but, but they nearly made us look stupid. They very yeah. nearly made us look stupid, I suppose. 
But yeah, I guess maybe the fact that they, that even from that position, it was very close. Like the six easily could have won that at the end. Um, maybe it says something because it's like they're probably not going to start that badly again. No, so I think, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it is obviously from being like, did they get to 30? They were nearly 30 points behind at one point anyway. Um, from yeah. that point, anywhere would look better than where it looked, it looked like they could lose by 50 if that carried on. Um, and only just losing makes you feel kind of good. But I kind of came out of that game feeling better about than even before tip-off, I think, about the Sixers' chances there. Um, was it's going to be really hard and Embiid has to play. Um, but basically they got burned badly by Doc Rivers getting it wrong with putting Green on Young early on. And I can understand why, because you can't get Simmons in foul trouble, etc. All of this stuff, Green's experience. But he just like he was just getting by him. And on top of that, though, and including Young... The Hawks just didn't miss any threes. Like quite a lot of them were open, but they just—you know—when teams just get on one of those rolls that no one seems to miss a shot. Yeah. And the Sixers, meanwhile, were shooting like twenty-eight percent or whatever it was. From yeah, three. There, there were some points in the game where they couldn't put the ball in. I'm seeing this one clip where this one bit where um, I know Simmons just tried to go for a little like floater, like near the basket, rolled out. Well, and I, maybe you got fouled or something, or there was a foul. You know that you know, blow the whistle, and then um, quite often the player will just try and put it in the basket afterwards. Anyway, when it didn't go in, you know. Yeah. And it took him like three or four attempts. This was after the whistle had been blown to get it to fall. And at that point, you're thinking like, yeah, they're just, it's just not get like they just can't put it in the basket. Like any of the Sixers players for points in that game just couldn't put it in it's like he was literally st this was when the, the when the, the game wasn't being played it was a dead ball and he's just standing there right under the basket just trying to put it in and he just kept rolling out yes it some was... of it is is um that the hawks are a better offensive team they have like more offensive talent than the Sixers, and then some of it is just like silly stuff happens in sport like you, you just yeah. get and there there will be other quarters in this series where the Hawks shoot it that well but the shots won't be as open because I don't think they're going to make the same mistake with Danny Green again of leaving him on Young and on his own like they weren't helping much um, and then they went to like trapping him and doubling him and just taking it out of his hands and that's when yeah there'll be some more open shots but it's going to be a real test of the Hawks shooting I think at times in this series because in the second half they were basically like no he can't we're not letting him do. He was just getting over half court. And they were throwing, particularly with Simmons, he was just like coming out of nowhere. And they, would, they turned him over a few times, didn't they? And obviously late on in the fourth, they forced a few turnovers. Um, but just putting so much pressure on him that he gets taken out of the game and make the others do stuff. And like, yeah, I, I think we're going to see more of that. And Simmons, Simmons had a couple of pretty soft fouls called on him from Trey Young as well, actually. It'll be interesting to see yeah, how the officiating goes. Yeah, and um, I saw some stuff on Twitter that was a bit of like, I don't want to get into the whole fouls discourse thing, and but there was some that's like, oh, everyone does it. I think Trey Young does it quite a bit more than he he gets away with some fouls where he's there's not even really been contact, and he just does the like head flick back thing, and then they give him a foul, and it's like no, like 
being small doesn't mean you get the foul. That's not how it should work. Um, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's basically where I'm at. I, I think the Sixers are going to defend him much, much better through the rest of the series. And they have other options to throw at him, obviously, with Tybal as well. Yeah, I mean, I wonder about that, actually, if Tybal should be playing more in, um, in a lot of these playoff games. Uh, particularly against when you're someone like that, Trey Young, who's going to be like very ball-dominant. Obviously, he's very small and quick. It's like you you need a really good primitive defender on him. And if you don't want to put Ben Simmons on him, then like they've not really got many other options in the starting lineup that are going to be that no, suitable. I, I agree. And, I think and particularly when it's either. such a big thing, where if you manage to stop him in some way, it, you know they've not got that much. Yeah, and it just makes other. They've got other guys that can do a bit of playmaking, but if you just take it out of his hands early on, I think that's what we'll see quite a bit of. And it make him make crazy passes. He he did pull off some amazing when he was getting trapped and throwing the ball over the top of these guys who were way bigger than him. But it's not easy. I mean, being however tall he is, six one or something, and you've got Tybal and Simmons on you, like that that's hard. There are a lot larger humans than he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Sixers should still come back. I mean, well, it's, it depends on Embiid's self. Even Embiid's not healthy, like. I but I guess they're not going to like stop playing Embiid, probably, are they? Unless until they get knocked out. It's all the way these things work in the playoffs. Um, so yeah. what? What would you predict? We didn't do. What's your prediction for this series? We need to do the other one as well. Um, sixes in six. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with. Six in six, and I'm going to go Clippers in five. Um, I think I'll go Clippers in six. Okay, well we're quite we're quite close on the first two then. Yeah, I know. I just feel like they're they're going to mess it up a bit more. The Clippers. Yeah, they've got they've got to fit a few more meltdowns in before they get to their first conference finals ever. Yeah, exactly. They'll just have a couple. Of, they'll get thrashed by them like one of the games. Yeah, everyone will just start missing their shots. Like what happens with the Clippers? Um. So yeah, okay. Let's move on then. To yes. the Suns and the Nuggets, which we had the first game of last night. Um, the Suns came out on top quite comfortably, didn't they, I think, in the end? Yeah, they went behind. They were behind a lot of the game, and then in the third quarter, they just, like, destroyed them. Just yeah. completely destroyed them. I love it was Aiton, wasn't it? Yeah, he was really, really good again. Yeah, like, basically could actually defend Jokic, apparently. Uh, and he was hitting, like, nice little mid-ranges as well. He had a couple of those in that game. Um, which just helps a little bit. Like, is, I think with centres particularly, it's easy to... It's either sort of like they, they dunk or they shoot threes. 
but there's still value in those guys shooting mid-rangers if it makes like the defense have to just pull that little bit because we've yeah. seen some like it happened with bam against the bucks they were just like we're not going to guard you unless you're at the basket like for the whole series and the fact that he wasn't shooting the mid-rangers that he had been shooting earlier in the season meant there was literally someone at the basket like all the time yeah. even just pulling someone those extra couple of feet away and Aiton was doing that and Chris Paul actually which is why I've, I've definitely got son's advantage here now Chris Paul went like proper Chris Paul in the third quarter went to his just like going getting to his spot shooting going in like every single time for a quarter and then they pulled like a 20 point lead before he knew it and I think if they've got him this becomes quite uneven potentially yeah it's i mean particularly if it's like Aiton is actually a good defender now yeah i mean yeah if he if he can actually continue uh, like keep stopping jokic um i mean he only had three assists jokic in that game yeah so they they ran into a bit of um and I think we'll probably mention this in the next series as well, is they're very reliant they basically need stuff from Compazzo, Rivers and Morris. Morris and Rivers went a combined three for seventeen. But that's that's a yeah. problem. That is a problem. They they can't win. I mean, they're obviously not gonna shoot like that for a whole series, hopefully, but they've got no chance unless they get decent production out of them because one, Aiton on his own can do well against Jokic. And they've got, like, players that can help intelligently. Plus, in um, Crowder and Mikael Bridges, they've got quite nice matchups for Gordon and Porter. Yeah. Um, I guess so. Although Bridges is a bit small, isn't he? Although he good. is, but he's long at least um, and he was often seemed to be chasing Porter around and mobile um, Porter's going to have like what, did he hit six threes in a quarter did it, was it against the Blazers or something like he's going to have moments like that because he's just that talented but the on the evidence of the first game at least like they did a good job at keeping him in check and that's obviously part of the reason they seem to break up the Jokic to Porter stuff which has become like a staple of the offense when there's not been Murray, just like lots of handoffs and um, yeah. split actions and stuff. And yeah, that's part of the reason Jokic only got three assists, I guess. Yeah, and they really, it seems like they're really missing Murray, to be honest, because, I mean, having to start Campazzo and Austin Rivers is not... That's not a championship team, is it, really? No. Well, the, even, there's talk they could get Will Barton back at some point, which would help, too. Because um, the other thing they've got with those guys is, I mean, Facundo Campazzo is about three foot eleven or something. Yeah. Well, Rivers is listed at six four, about. I thought it was a bit smaller, but they were just got like a lack of size again as well. Yeah. That like how and Monte Morris is six foot two and he he played big minutes. Um, obviously it's the backcourt for the Suns a lot. But I think if you had to cho- had to choose someone to guard Booker, a lot of the time it's Gordon. But like Mikael Bridges then ended up having a big game. They're just the little guy. It's like I think that sometimes there were some shots they were hitting that game that were just like 
you're not big enough to really challenge that shot that much. Yeah. They're not... I mean, as well, they're not... I don't know, they're not exactly considered, like, great defensive um, guards as well, are they? No. So in that way, it's really a good matchup for the Suns when you've got, like... You know, I mean, yeah. Because like you say, you, you have if you don't have those guys on the Suns' best players, then they're on, like, forwards who are just going to shoot over them. And if you have was... them on their best players, then it's like, what, you, you've got the Suns, yeah, like Chris Paul and Devin Booker being guarded by the Nuggets' like worst players. They even... Yeah. Um, t- to try and counteract that size, I was—I didn't really check how long they were doing it for, but they had a bit where they were doing Jermichael Green instead of one of the guards, I think. Which obviously you then end up with this like huge lineup. It's weird, you know. I talk about the the Clippers are all wings, yeah. kind of. Although Porter's sort of like that, he's also kind of a forward, isn't he? Really, like he—he's not doing much off the dribble himself and getting his own shot. Yeah. And it was, it's like they don't really have any of these like wingy type players as in the same sort of way or uh, not enough of them at least. Um, no. Like properly versatile players. Yeah, it's it's easy to be down on them when like, I've just watched them lose by 17 points. But there were some of those concerns before the series and Paul, Chris Paul's shoulder looked bad against the Lakers and in the first half of that game he had some shots that were just like you know the the great players just don't miss shots by miles very often do they and he had somewhere it was just no. like that didn't look right and it like grazed the front of the rim and like, okay this is potentially more of a series if he can't yeah. hit those shots um but he was yeah the way he played in the second half i don't know whether he had painkillers at half time or something and he came out and just looked a different player again i think jokic and Porter particularly, they're going to win a game or two here just because they're that good. I don't. I th- I think they're both that talented. Yeah, I mean they're, they're going to be unstoppable one night. Even without Murray, that offense near the end of the season was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. And you expect them to yeah better do that at some point because all the Suns are a lot better defensively. You feel like they're not. Yeah, they're not. Um, they're not necessarily that equipped to stop some of that stuff. I mean, I don't think anyone is. No, some I mean, that's why don't... I might have had the Nuggets for the title. I think if, if yeah. Murray was... A first... Definitely now, but I think even anyway, I might have had the Nuggets for the finals and possibly the title if they had Murray. Because it's just, like, I don't know what you do. Yeah. They've got everything. Um, and now they don't have Murray and they don't have Barton either or even like PJ Dozier. They're just really depleted um so i'm i was hopeful this would still be a deep series um but i'm not so much now i think i might have to go like suns in five i i i know just to be different i'm gonna actually go with the nuggets i'm gonna go with the nuggets in seven well i would like that that would be fun um but I don't know. I don't know it if I actually cool believe to get that. A, a Nuggets Clippers rematch, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. But um, yeah, I mean, 
Let's we move on. I think let's move on now to the next series because um, I don't know. I'm starting to feel like it could all be irrelevant because I don't know, maybe the Nets are just are just gonna comfortably win the title now. It would be a shame, but it is hard not to feel like that. Um, partly because it's fallen into place a bit, hasn't it? Two games yeah. up now, even without Harden, and they're going to face the Sixers potentially, who could have been difficult, but Embiid, it's hard to see really Embiid. Healthy. Yeah, and then they'll be. Fa- I mean, they've they've been favourite for ages anyway, but like, yeah, I think them. It's ominous. Yeah, I mean the them being the Bucks this easily as well. The first two games. Yeah, although I think some of that is on. So the Nets defensively have been better than I thought they would be. Yeah. But also, the Bucks just look kind of clueless again whenever they're in like a half court offensive situation. There's a lot of like, oh, you have it. Someone dribbles and then like tries to do something and it's rubbish. Um, and they also have got problems with their spacing because they've started playing Tucker, which makes sense. The thing with PJ Tucker is he's literally just a standstill three corner three point guy, and he's not yeah. so good at it that people don't help off of him. Like it was fine when everyone else was a shooter, and you had James Harden with the ball. But yeah, it's when you've got him. But their their thing is they've got two post players, pretty much, and Yanis yes. and Lopez, and then yeah, you have an, a, another guy that's just standing still. And Lopez is basically not a spacer anymore because he's like he had that one year where he shot the ball and since then it's not been great and so like earlier I was saying about the difference between having a team of shooters and a team yeah. of people who do shoot the Bucks five they're running a lot now is Drew Holiday who actually people don't treat that much like he's I mean he's not a knockdown guy he's like average or slightly better from three Middleton who has not shot it well but is meant to be a good shooter Yanis who people just don't care even when he makes them and it doesn't it's always going to be like this I think with him is making them is cool and unless he becomes like a 40% guy it's always the lesser of two evils because if you let him have the the lane to the bucket he's going to score yeah and then they've got Lopez who people don't care about and Tucker who's just stood in the corner and incredibly easy to help off of and come and protect the rim so like it's easy to say they're just building a wall but it's really like they don't have to do very much it's like the natural way to guard most of these Bucks players is to be like sagging off them and then off the bench like you've got Bryn Forbes who comes in to shoot but he can get attacked too easily defensively Yeah. some of this is roster stuff and some of it is I think he needs to play Giannis at the centre like stop, way way more stop playing Lopez as much yeah I mean he's he's still serves a purpose and he does well yeah. at defect, defending the rim but offensively there's just like it's just not working yeah. at all yeah it's not Fears though before the series I would have said that the way they're going to win is basically beating them inside and rebounding yeah but there's Partly, not much to Blake do Griffin has been awesome is yeah. part of the issue as well is he's been impressive and losing DiVincenzo to injury has hurt them quite a lot because it's taken away one of the options to do those smaller lineups. Yeah, and someone's actually going to move a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other thing, a 
like I said with Morrison Rivers, where you just need guys to score. Um, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton have gone 26 for 72 in the first two games of the series. Yeah. I guess in some ways, though, maybe that's the thing that is that's in their favour. It's like you don't expect that to continue, but the gap was also so big that even if they were shooting at a normal rate, they'd probably still lose. Well, the, so the first game, the shot quality based on who was taking it and where it was from and defenders and everything, they actually were ahead. I haven't looked at it for the second game. I oh, know they, okay. they were behind in they they lost it but narrowly in the in game two, um, but some of it is like your second and third best players have to score. Yeah, they can't. And score I guess one, yeah, one in the four thing, of their shots. isn't it? Is that it was sort of being talked about as like a big three with Yanis and the other two as like co-stars, but then that's like. Both of those guys, anyway, are def- are like they're definitely like borderline stars, aren't they? A bit, and it's like this is where you sort of show: are they actually another other stars, or are they just like good role players? Just sort of the thing with Paul Zingas with the Mavericks as well, really, is it's like sort of he's not he's not been the second star at all. Tobias Harris to a degree with the Sixers, although they've got Simmons as well, but like he's had these. It's basically the thing is like players have consecutive bad games and particularly in the playoffs that's going to happen to people but like can you see a period ever where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving do that over two games like it's just not going to happen yeah and that's the thing that that's why they might ultimately maybe that's why like they can afford to lose a star and still beat a team like the Bucks then it's like well maybe they just they just have way too much offense it's impossible um, I think there were still mistakes from the coaching. I think the roster's not perfect, but then also, even with this roster, you could have played Lopez less and maybe even Tucker less. While that was the lineup that it looked like on paper was the way to go, you could just see it when they were getting in the half court with Tucker and Lopez out there. Yeah. There's just like nowhere to go. <laughs> Just, just everyone standing in front of the basket doesn't really work. Um, he also ran some like ran, ran zone occasionally, which when you've got as much shooting as the yeah, Nets, I, just I remember seeing a couple of things of what they like ended up doubling Blake Griffin or something. Yeah, just I guess it was kind of getting to that desperation. We need to mess stuff up a little bit. But I mean, yeah. it was it was strange. Yeah, like with all those players on that team, you don't want to be doubling Blake Griffin. Really? No. They have also fallen into it. Because they've got Lopez on Griffin, and Lopez is just dropping to the basket all the time, Griffin is so open. Yeah. Like He made four threes in the first game. I don't know what it was in the second game. But he had loads of like just easy passes, and just like where he can pick people apart, or he can just shoot. And like Lopez isn't closing you out from there, is he? Not to a point that's going to make any difference. Um there might not be a way to solve the Nets problem but losing this badly there's not like a huge talent disparity when there's no Harden is there Um, no not massive doesn't seem yeah doesn't seem like anyway but then 
I don't know, maybe you're right about they have to, particularly with this when they've got Griffin at centre. They need to have someone that can that's going to stay near closer to him. Yeah, as well. Particularly when they're not getting the benefit on the offensive end. That no, I'm... it's not like they're just battering <clears throat> them inside. No, I mean I remember a couple of possessions like Brooke Lopez having it against Griffin, and he's ending up having to just settle for basically like a fadeaway jumper. Yeah, like mid range yeah, you... jumper. Brooke Lopez fadeaways is like, yeah, you're going to lose if you have like more than one of those in a series. That's not it. Yeah. Um, so what's your prediction for that series? I'm, I mean, it's a bit cheaty doing the prediction when they've just been blown out to go 2 yeah, down. There's a bit. But I, I would be amazed if this goes 6 now, actually. I think the Bucks might yeah. be at... At post playoffs crisis point, I I'd think probably, I'll probably go for the sweep. Yeah, I'd be, I'm going to say five then, just to be awkward. But um, it, it's been really, really bad. Um, yeah, and like some of it is they need their good players to hit some shots, but then there's also like it's not like they were just missing wide, wide open shots a lot. There was some of that, but just the offense looked like it couldn't. It, it couldn't like do anything, and it just like I said, too many people standing around, and too often, Yanis dribbling at the perimeter and then just driving into all of these bodies again. Um, yeah, it's, it's getting to the point now, isn't it, for the Bucks? It's like, well, I think we were saying it before the playoffs. Is it's like this is, I mean, it's same for a lot of the teams in the East, like the top teams. It's like if they don't get to the conference finals. It's an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Bucks. yeah. Losing to the Nets in the second round would be one thing, but the way it looks like they're going to lose to them is not good. Um, and they don't have much they can do to change the roster because they just gave everything to the Pelicans for Drew Holiday, who is still, yeah. there's still a good acquisition, but um, yeah, they're, they're a long way off. And I think Yanis is, we might be getting there now. He falls. I mean, he's a two-time MVP, so it's quite different to Porzingis. But the same thing's happening with Davis, where we've got these in different skill sets. We've got these guys that can, were considered or are considered like freak players. Yeah. And actually, they're kind of all centers, I think. But none of them are playing center at the moment, and I yeah, think that might be a progression we see. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that is the answer for them. So, particularly, like I said, Lopez isn't going to be stretching anymore. Um, but yeah, we need to actually finish. Yes. Now. So, um, yeah. We timed that quite well in the end, then. Yeah, we have. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll probably do one again at the end of the second round. like. Conference finals, fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah subscribe to the podcast and um, uh, do whatever else you meant to do I don't know what, what else review review give us five podcast. stars yeah. only review if it's five stars though don't review it if it's worse than that yeah um, and and also just 
just like look at the website and I don't know, keep looking at it over and over again. Yeah, 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 that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, goodbye. Bye.